Hey friends, welcome to the You Are You podcast. My name is Jenny Lien, and I'm the writer and artist behind The Yay Project. Come join in as we encourage each other to celebrate our God-given design, pursue our kingdom calling, and most of all, love God 100%. Can't wait to praise God with you. Hi, Jasmine. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Jenny. Thanks for having me. So I just figure we should set the scene on how we were just laughing uncontrollably for a couple of seconds. Why? Because I was listening to a podcast earlier today from Face to Face Ministries where they were interviewing somebody and they were setting the scene because sometimes <laughs> it's just funny and it's life and we're friends and we're sisters and, and all that good human stuff. So essentially, I think we were talking a little bit about like sometimes whether we're podcast hosting or podcasts like guesting we can take it a bit too seriously we can get nervous for no reason other than the fact that we're just testifying but the nerves can still be there and then we decided to pray before we record and then <laughs> jasmine was gonna go first and then i was gonna go second but then i think i started praying for 15 seconds and then jasmine started praying again. <laughs> and i was like okay because she's not done um and then she prayed for a little bit more and then all of a sudden was like oh my goodness i can't see you i can't hear you and i'm text chatting her like um i can see you i can hear you but i guess that explains why you like cut me off when i was praying but it was all good <laughs> yeah i was praying and then i finished like, okay. and then i look up and you're not saying anything and i was like i guess she wants me to keep going <laughs> but I chalk it up to like God just letting us have like a moment to relax and laugh before we record. Um, so, so all good things. Let me pray over the technology. So hopefully everything will be smooth, but I'm so excited to have uh, the chance to chat with you today. I think it's so cool how like social media, I mean, this is not, this doesn't really need to be said. We say it all the time. Social media really brings people together. But I think when we met each other online, it was also at a specific point in the world where we were online more because of the pandemic. Um, do you feel like that was a special period for you in any way? Like you were online more, but it was also somehow beneficial? Yeah, I was definitely online more, but it was definitely an opportunity to um, connect with people. Um, over social media and feeling like less alone like oh we're all going through this crazy season this crazy time um and we can share you know what we're working on what we're um hoping um to see out out of this pandemic and being able to just heal all together at the same time um social media is such a special thing to be able to like hey I'm going through this, you're going through this, but you know, we're not alone. And this is what we're doing on our own time at home. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like you've done various like collections based on different things that you were going through. And so I think the first thing I ever mm -hmm. saw from yours was your Chinatown Confessions collection, which was helping to raise awareness of like anti-Asian racism. Do you want to talk a little bit about how you got started with that collection? What what inspired you to, to speak out? Yeah, so I um, was taking kind of like an online course about um, how to work on, how to make a passion project. And I had to stop and think about like, okay, what are the things that I'm passionate about? And uh, during the time, during the pandemic, you know, just you, you're alone more with your thoughts and your feelings and trying to figure out why do I feel so upset right now? Why am I, you know, so frustrated? 
And how can I take these feelings and turn it into something that's um, worthwhile? And maybe there's someone else that feels the same way I do. And how do I create something out of these feelings? Um, so I... As I was thinking about what I'm passionate about, um, I'm very passionate about, you know, my Asian American heritage, my culture, um, which which is hard for me because for a long time I didn't feel like um I didn't feel like I was Asian enough or I was American enough. Like maybe I maybe this isn't a realm for me to talk about. But um ever since I became a mother, I felt like no, I, this is important for me to pass on to my son, my culture, everything I've learned from it. And at the same time as thinking about my culture, I, I realized why there were times where I felt like I rejected that part of me. And it was because I was, you know, bullied for it and um, harassed because of the way I looked um, or because, you know, the culture that I had. And in a way, just trying so hard to just fit in. You know, um, you know, being thankful for this culture, but at the same time, like, oh, but I, I also like the same things you like, you know, um, in American culture wise. Um, and then so being able to 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 feel these feelings, especially during the pandemic, because during the pandemic, there was a rise in hate crimes towards um, Asians um, and it, it, it broke my heart. It broke my heart and it triggered something. And. And then just kind of like memories of times where I felt hurt because of the way I looked. Um, it, it it drove me to want to do something about it, to spread awareness about it. But how do I create something that has an important message and, you know, which, you know, is about racism. And how do I share that in a way that can make people almost, yes, take it serious, but at the same time, it being funny it being lighthearted, it being um, attractive to look at. So I wanted to create something that <clears throat> was humorous, but at the same time, not so, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It's like humorous, but at the same time, not so aggressive. Mm -hmm. um, just kind of focus on like, hey, we need to talk about this, um, but don't be scared of talking about this. Um, it's just something that needs to be discussed so how do i talk about something serious without diluting the truth um with what with what i was trying to do but at the same time practicing my illustration skills and creating things that were cute because i love cute things and i love being able to combine cute things with an important message so that's that's why chinatown confessions was such a a great passion project for me yeah and how did you develop your cute um, illustration style? Like, has it just been this way since the beginning or has it evolved into what it is today? It's definitely had to be something that evolved. Um, it was lots of just drawing and trying new things and just understanding what my influences were, what, you know, what I grew up with, you know, um, such as like Hello Kitty and all those fun things <laughs> and, and just kind of embracing those things that um, gave me joy and somehow turning that into my my own work. Um, that same brightness, that same um, encouraging images, um, just just really joyful. But how do I take something that looks so joyful with still an important discussion that needs to be that needs to be done? Yeah. 
Hmm. I think there's something that's so cool about art is that it can really like cross borders. Like I remember we see it now with like K-pop and so many other things like that. But when I was in, I think it was elementary school, my family's from Taiwan. And so my aunt would send boxes of like gifts every once in a while. And I would always get a whole bunch of Hello Kitty stuff, backpacks, pencils, rulers, (laughs) like all this stuff. But I was, I don't know if I didn't like it or if I felt like I should like something else because I was in Canada and I shouldn't like stuff from Taiwan, even though, you know, it's Japanese, but, but you know what I mean? But my call, my colleagues, <laughs> I've been thinking about school way too much today and work. My classmates, um, they, there was some Sanrio craze at the time. So everybody knew about a Hello Kitty and Bats Maru and Pacheco mm-hmm. and all of the other Sanrio characters. Yeah. Um, and I think that I had to, it wasn't until I was an adult that I even pinpointed that and had to think a little bit about like, why was that that I didn't want to embrace mm-hmm. something that I should have been happy to embrace? Do you know what I mean? Like, and I know that we've spoken a little bit about um, how like counseling has been so beneficial. Like was the, the racism aspect something that you have like spoken to a counselor about or how did you heal from yeah some of the, the pains <clears throat> so dealing with that hurt um my counseling wasn't really focused on that um on racism but it was just focused on more of how to deal with um hurt and dealing with things I couldn't control such as you know people saying hurtful things and what I had to learn um through not just counseling but also through um just having a relationship with Jesus is that in this world, you know, we live or we live in a broken world. And there are people who themselves are broken. And sometimes broken people say hurtful things. And we um, have a decision to make whether we can also be like the world and also say hurtful things back. Or we can be better and be Christ followers and speak from a place of healing. And that obviously doesn't happen overnight. That is something that I had to learn. Um, and especially in a world where, you know, um, you know, where, where there's like, you just want to get back at people, you know, and, but, you know, you know, Jesus tells us to, you know, if someone slaps us, we give them the other cheek, you know, and that's not always very easy. Um, so it's, my work is, while it is, you know, sassy and talking about, you know, the injustices in the world, I never wanted to come off as I'm, I'm angry towards people. I'm just angry that this is happening. I'm angry that this, there's brokenness in our world, but I'm not, I don't have resentment towards anyone. And that's, what's important, um, to me and my work and in my art, I, I always wanted to be sort of a part of my healing process also me just being able to express whatever's on my heart whatever's on my mind and to share that with others um but yeah yeah I remember when I because I think I was I think it was literally 30 like I just turned a new decade and then I went through something difficult and like learning that whole turn the other cheek thing that when you're angry and you want to retaliate and like a mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say evil way, but you know, in a way that's not Christ-like. Yeah. Um, 
it's always temporary, right? I think even logically, you know, that I might retaliate, I might do this, but it's not going to fix it. It's not going to be beneficial. It just feels good in that moment. And it can be so much harder to like turn the other cheek to bless instead of curse, to do all of the things that um, like Jesus tells us we should do. But when we actually practice them, like the life and the truth that comes out from obeying is like nothing else. But at the same time, like, as you said, like it doesn't happen overnight, it's a process. And so I was wondering if you could maybe tell us a little bit about how, like when you first started to do this, what were some like habits that you had or anything that you learned to like help you stay focused on Christ during those moments when, you know, your flesh doesn't want to. <laughs> yeah. Um, my process is just honestly being in the position of surrendering to Christ, knowing that um, there is honestly at the end of the day, nothing I can do to someone what God could probably do more. <laughs> yeah. And if someone did hurt me or sin against me, my place isn't to judge them. My place isn't to hold on to unforgiveness. My place is to just surrender all those things to God for him to take care of and for me to forgive that person um for me to love that person I mean again it 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 takes time but I think the more I continue to walk with Jesus forgiving someone happens faster and faster and I'm trying to learn how to be unoffended I never understood what that meant um when I first heard, like, oh, learn to live unoffended. I'm like, I don't know how to do that. Like, what if someone really offended me? I'm supposed to just not be offended. Um, but this year has really opened my eyes. And it's like, it's not it's not for them. It's for you. It's for you to learn that God is in control. And God is going to heal you from this. There's nothing that God can't take care of. And what that person said, well, you're just going to have to pray for them. So they will stop saying hurtful things like that to other people. And that's between them and God. And that, and that has nothing to do with you. Um, so, yeah, sometimes when people say hurtful things, it has nothing to do with you. It's just unresolved hurt. And they're just directing it to you when they probably should direct it somewhere else. And it's not an excuse for sure, but it's just an explanation. And... And especially from my my um, my background in social work, you know, before I got into graphic design illustration, it's I worked with a lot of people who were just hurting and angry and just sensitive. But of course they are. They're going through something and they don't know how to deal with those feelings. They don't know how to. So they just lash out at the, at the first person that is a little inconvenient to them. And at that time, I mean, I. At, I would make jokes with my coworkers um, who were like, gosh, who hurt them? You know, why are you reacting like this? But obviously, yeah, someone did hurt them. That's why they're here. That's why they're in their office getting counseling. Um, so it's learning to not take things so personal and just separating yourself from that person's issues and just praying for them and praying for yourself. I know that whatever happens to me, I can give that to God and God can heal me. But that person might not know God, and I need to be really praying for them because mm -hmm. they're really missing out on healing. They're really missing out on um, comfort from the Lord. And um, I think it's just a decision at the end of the day on whether, yeah, do we allow ourselves to be offended 
or do we just surrender this to Christ and allow him to heal us? Because we can't afford to respond back to someone from in a hurtful response. We have to respond back to from a place of healing, like I said earlier. Just it it it's what we're called to do. And um again, it's just something that I had to learn over time though. Yeah, that's so good. I remember like one one of the things that my sister recommended to me when I was um just in like the fresh stages of that anger and grief, she recommended John Bevere's The Bait of Satan. I don't know if you've read it, but essentially The Bait of Satan is like offense and the dangers of like unforgiveness and holding on to offense. And it's such a good book if anyone um, is struggling with that at the moment and wants to read something that's really um, like just truthful. Because as you say, like there's nothing like living out the Bible and trusting God is who he says he is and will do what he says he will. And there's a whole bunch of verses on like not taking revenge for yourself. And I loved Exodus 14, 14, like trust God to fight for you. You just have to be still. Just like that, knowing his character and that he does love you, but he loves them too. And, and you know, we've all had those moments where we lash out and we say things that we wish we didn't, or sometimes we say things and we don't think twice about it, but it really impacted someone else. Like it's, it's complicated. Humans are complicated. And, and if we don't deal with our hurts, um, it comes out in, in various ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um. So after your career in social work, then you transitioned into working um, eventually as creative director for your church. Um, mm-hmm. How did God lead you from, yeah, from one career to the next? So I, um, I burnt out in my, in my job in counseling and social work. And I just took a leap of faith really with no backup plan, which is really weird for me because I always have a backup plan. Like I'm not going to take a step forward unless I know exactly what's going to happen next. And in that moment I didn't, and I knew that I need to leave my job if I wanted to heal. And so I was actually unemployed for only two months. I, it's It was a very short amount compared to other people who you know are un- dealing with unemployment. But I was only unemployed for two months until I got my first job in design. And it was it was a miracle, honestly. And I was completely honest with them in my interview process. I was not lying. I was not hiding anything. And I was like, yeah, um, I didn't go to school for it, but I'm taking some classes and I volunteer for my church doing graphic design um, on a on the on the side, um, but I know how to use this program. But I don't know how to use that program, but I'm very eager to learn, and I feel like my skills can translate to this. And they're like, okay. And the interview went really well. And then that same day, I got called saying like, "You got the job," and it was like, oh my god, what? <laughs> and it was such a god thing. And my coworkers knew that I was inexperienced, but they 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 took the time to teach me, and I learned so much about graphic design from my coworkers from that job so I'm very grateful for it and it was honestly an yeah it was an answered prayer because I prayed to God like I just want a job that is patient enough with me in teaching me I don't want to pretend I'm something I'm not I'm new at this and I just want some a job where people are there to teach me and and God answered that prayer and so while I'm in the middle of also you know in this new career I'm volunteering for my church doing graphic design for them. And then eventually that led to me being a creative director for a church plant. So it's from that church, but then they wanted to plant another church. 
Um, and they asked me to be a creative director for that. And when I was on maternity leave, um, I, I had to make the difficult decision to leave my job, my first job in design, so I could focus on um, taking care of my newborn. Because um, that job was more like kind of like a very strict nine to five and there were crazy deadlines all the time. So I was just like, I need, I need to, I need to step away from that role and just focus on being a mom. And so I, I had to leave and step out from, step down from that job. But I was still continuing to do um, work for, the, for my church. Um, but that same day, they told me, like, we want to begin paying you. Because they were, at first, they were just a really small church. So they didn't have a lot in their budget. But they they saw the work that I did. And they wanted to be able to, um, they wanted to be able to compensate for me. Um, and I really, really, really value that. Because I was worried about financially. What is that going to look like leaving my, leaving my full-time job? Um, so I was really thankful for, you know, God just making everything work together and uh, for my pastors um, just giving me that opportunity. So I, I just focused on for a couple of years just um, doing work for the church, graphic design, social media management, um, also recruiting people for the team for our church. Um, but it was way more flexible the schedule so it in way more casual so it, it really worked out for me um, in the end to be a creative director for my church while still focusing on taking care of my son. Yeah, that's awesome. One thing I wanted to just reemphasize, something you said earlier about how you prayed about the type of work environment that you wanted that was supportive, they'd be willing to teach you. Mm -hmm. That is not a given for every workplace. Mm -hmm. And it's such a gift. And I don't think I've ever prayed for that before, but moving forward, I would. Like, I don't think it matters what industry you're in. Like, sometimes... Um, teams can be just harsher, like you should already know, even if you joined and you don't have the experience. And there's so many, you know, what ifs, like nobody knows how to do the job perfectly. And yet sometimes mm -hmm. there can be little compassion. And mm -hmm. I think whatever fields we're in, like when we pray prayers like that, you, like you have no idea how God might move. Like God knows mm -hmm. us and he wants us to pray at the same time, right? And when we pray over what we know we need, like trust God to do the rest. And so I just loved hearing that from you because it's not something I prayed before, but I love seeing how God answered for you. And it's something that I definitely would pray going forward. So I love that. Mm -hmm. yeah. And also like I've been having, so I'm doing this master's in entrepreneurship and I'm talking to a lot of entrepreneurs and I love talking to Christian entrepreneurs because there's always faith involved, right? Like yeah. it's not easy to be an entrepreneur in general. And I think if you're not Christian, even when you weren't Christian, like you, when, when we rely on ourselves, that pressure and that it can feel so intense, right? But when you do it with God, it's like different, even if you don't seem to be moving in the way the world might expect you to, right? There's just like a beauty in doing it with God. And so I know that you're just relaunching your shop. Is that right? Like, could you maybe just tell us a little bit about your journey, like launching the shop the first time and then how God led you, like if you feel God led you to pivot and what's happening with um, the new shop? Yeah, yeah. So when I first launched my shop earlier this year, it was to quickly get out um, Chinatown Confessions to be sold as like t-shirts and stickers and um, just a bunch of different things. But it was through drop shipping. So basically, I went with a third party that did all the printing, all the packaging, all the mailing for me. So all I had to do was just upload my design. And it was great. It was very convenient. And it did very well. 
Um, but then I felt like there was more that I wanted. And I realized I don't want this just to be a side thing. I really want to invest time and money to create a, a business where I'm in charge of printing. I'm in charge of packaging. And it just feels more personal. And actually, uh, yeah, I just relaunched uh, last week. And I already had a couple of orders. And just it was just such a huge, significant difference. And being able to like, oh, I made this sticker, I packaged packaged it up, wrote a letter to the customer, like it just, and then being able to just pray over the the package before putting it into the mailbox, like it it mattered so much to me. Being able to connect with the person that's um, buying from my shop, and it does mean that my shop is at the moment smaller, kind of almost like starting all over again, because again, I'm doing everything in house. Um, but I'm excited to grow it over time and just know that um, with God's help with God's um, discernment, I'm going to be able to create something um, bigger than myself. And it's okay if it's at a slower pace than you know what other businesses would do. But I just I want to do it God's way not my way. If I had it my way, I want to, to do everything all at once and then stress myself out. Um, but I know that I need to do it um, in a, at a slow pace. And, and I'm fine with that because I don't, as, a, as much as I am excited about this small business, I never want it to be more important than my relationship with God. I never want it to be more important than my relationship with my son or my, my, my husband. Um, it's, it's definitely something that I receive as a gift. It's a gift and I can be a good steward of it, but I don't want it to, to overtake my life. Yeah. And I don't believe in the whole hustling culture. I'm not about that. Um, I tried that and I burnt out multiple times mm. not for me. Um, and that's okay. And I just, I want to do everything at, with, with a balance. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Um, and I would love to hear more about your, like, <laughs> at the moment, I'm obsessed with, like, routine articles. I know, like, we definitely have to read them with a grain of salt. Like, are they biblical? Are they following? But you know what I mean? I still find it inspirational to see how other people structure and stay organized in things. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how you do in this season of your life as, like, a wife and a mom and a small business owner? Yeah. Yeah. So I had to, my husband and I came to an agreement, like, okay. So Mondays through Thursdays, um, during the daytime, my focus is, you know, feeding our son, taking care of our son, making sure he's all right. Um, when he's napping and when he's asleep at night, I do stuff related to my business. I do stuff for my own growth creatively, um, just drawing, illustrating, whatever I need to do for, you know, the business and for my creative growth. Um, and then on Fridays, um, Friday nights, I don't work uh, or Saturday or Sunday, um, all day, Saturday, Sunday, I don't work. And it's just focused on family and spending time with my husband and my son. And I need that. And don't get me wrong during the weekends, I'm constantly thinking <laughs> about stuff I'm like, Oh, I can do this. And Oh, I can do that. You know, but I, I need to, I have to have the boundary of like, this is time for my family. This is time for my husband. And there have been times where, you know, 
I did like, oh, well, let me just, you know, work on a little bit of something or let me go on social media. That's another thing. I don't go on social media on the weekends, but let me just do this. And my husband calls me out on it and he's like, you're not supposed to be working right now. You're supposed to be resting or just hanging out with us. And I'm like, you're right. You're right. And that's, the thing. <laughs> yeah. and that's the thing about when you're, you're having your own business, like who's keeping you, you know, who's, who's helping you not work. Cause I feel like, I feel like you can just easily just work 24 seven um, when you're, when you have your own business, but you're going to burn out. I mean, mm -hmm. again, it's just, it, I have burnt out before and I burnt out in you know, social work. I burnt out in ministry because I said yes to everything. And I just kind of ignored what my body needed and just pushed forward. And then I burnt out and I just can't do that this time with my own business. And I, I just need to be better. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's being able to balance work, work, and then also family. And yeah. of course, um, starting the day with Jesus, ending the day with Jesus, um, as yeah. always. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I know it reminds me, like, I think our first conversation, we were talking a little bit about burnout and both going through it. And I think when, I, I mean, at least, well, I think when you've gone through it once, you try and not go through it again. But sometimes it takes a while to break the habits, even though you know you should. It's hard to do. Um, but, like, burnout is definitely not God's will. And when we follow his, like, rules on how he wants us to spend our time and take Sabbath and, like, rely on him, like, we're not going to burn out if we do that. But when we don't, we do. And it's just a whole disastrous experience <laughs> where we have to go to God for healing. And, and of course, like, that is wonderful. Um, but burnout is not fun. And I think talking, when you were just mentioning, like, noticing some of the signs like since you since you brought up do you mind like talking about some of the signs that people might want to watch out for because when it happened to me I also felt like I couldn't really control my situation like was it the situation that was burning me out was it me was I just not being strong enough what is burnout anyway is it just an excuse like I had all of these things and I wasn't um that familiar with it so do you mind just yeah giving us your your experience yeah of course um so burnout for me um feels like me losing interest in the thing that I'm doing. I was very passionate in social work and I'm also very passionate. About, I was very passionate about serving in my church, doing design. Um, but burnout looks like just losing motivation and just also feeling always easily irritated and just like the littlest thing just makes you upset. And looking back, you're like, well, that wasn't even a big deal. Why are you so angry about that? Um, and it also affecting your personal life. Um, I, I remember back when I was still in the field of social work, I would come home and like, I just didn't want to talk to my husband. Like at the time we didn't, we weren't, we weren't parents yet, but we're just married. And I was like, I don't want to talk to anyone. I spent all day talking to people, listening to people and their problems. I don't want to talk to anyone. And that was affecting my marriage. And, and then also I was at the time volunteering for different ministries at my church, like children's ministry, youth ministry. And I also stopped caring in those roles. Like I was just so tired. I didn't want to, I was, I was just faking it until I make it, make it at my job. But then I came home and I was like, I don't need to fake it. I can just be myself. I'm not in the mood to talk to you. I'm not in the mood to talk to you or do this or do that. And I think it really hit me when I was at church and there was a there was a youth student who was um, 
wasn't feeling well and she like kind of like ran out of service and just wanted to be alone and my husband who also served with me was saying like hey jasmine you need to go after her go talk to her and i, I feel really ashamed um even saying this but i told him i don't want to i don't want to go after her i don't want to talk to her and he's like but you need to and it's like and then eventually someone else went after her but it was in that moment i realized like i can't do any of this i can't do my job i can't even volunteer i'm not having a i'm not i don't have a healthy marriage with my husband like everything's impacted like i thought i could just i could just hide it i thought i could just fake it but it's obviously not working and i'm not happy i'm always angry and i'm i've lost compassion for people and that's what burnout looks like looked like for me in social work and then it also spilled out whenever I was getting burnt out in ministry. And it's hard because you're thinking to yourself like, oh yeah, well, this is work for the church, meaning this is work for God. And I can work, 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 work. And God loves it, right? But, but there was a moment where, there was a season where I was working so much for God. I was doing things for God, but I wasn't going to God. And that's what led me also to burnout. I was I was like, yeah, God, I'll talk to you later. Yeah, God, I'll I'll read the word later, but I got to work on this project for the church. I got to work on this for the church. And there were Sundays where I was just so focused on like getting content for social media that I wasn't actually taking a moment to worship. I wasn't taking a moment to listen to the word um, that our pastor was preaching. I was just focused on like, yep, I need to get this video. I need to get this photo. I need to make this these captions. Like I was working and not, and, and just, I just kept giving and giving and giving, but I wasn't receiving. And so I was basically working on empty and uh, which, yeah, led to burnout again. But for me, I think it's just being easily irritated and just having not my priorities um, straightened mm. out. Yeah. Thank you for being so honest. And I think it's just such a reminder that like we're all human and sometimes we will catch people in a moment where they are burnt out or feeling weak and reacting in a way that isn't ideal and then mm -hmm. sometimes if that's the last memory we have of this person we can be like judgmental like oh they are like this but we all go through life and we all go through different periods and different stages of like stress and anxiety um and I just love to have you share because it's just a reminder, like we are all human, we all need each other, we all need encouragement and support and we're never perfect. And mm -hmm. um, sometimes we're the ones running out, sometimes we're the ones who don't want to give, sometimes we're perfectly feeling great that day and we, and we do give, but like we're a family and we work together, that has to be how it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I just love what you shared there. Just like this reminder that we're part of a family. Mm -hmm. um, and then maybe just on that note, like, would you mind praying for, for us, praying for the listeners, praying for anyone that wants to start a business, anybody who might be burnt out, however you feel it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Father God, um, I thank you so much for this precious time that we got to spend with each other. Um, I'm praying for all the listeners who are hearing this right now, that they would be encouraged and knowing that, um, that what has ever, whatever has happened to them or whatever they're going through right now does not define them and that they don't have to, um, they don't have anything to prove God. There's no amount of work that could save them. There's no amount of work that could um, show how worthy they are. 
God, you yourself have placed love and security and significance and worth on your children. And there's nothing that we can do to earn it. And there's nothing that we can do to lose it, God. So I pray in Jesus' name that if there are anyone out that if there's anyone out there that is very tired, that is just fed up, that is feeling frustrated or hurt, God, I pray in Jesus' name that they would allow themselves to be in a position of surrender, God, that they would just give it to you, that they wouldn't run away from those feelings, they wouldn't minimize those feelings, they would just embrace it and embrace you, God. And that they would allow you to heal them, to heal their mind, to heal their heart, to heal their soul, God. And that they would listen to what their body needs. If their body needs to rest, let them rest, God. Encourage them to rest. And I pray that they wouldn't feel like they're behind on anything. And I pray that if they have this desire to start a business or to to work in a capacity capacity that they have never before, that they would um, give that dream to you and allow you to mold them and their lives. And I pray in Jesus' name that they would put their hope and trust in you and you alone, God. You will equip your children with everything that they need to fulfill um, whenever, whatever needs to be done here on earth for your kingdom, God. So I pray in Jesus' name for encouragement. And again, just blessings on Jenny for being obedient to you, God, and doing this podcast. And just thankful for everyone here that's listening. And I just pray healing for everyone. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the URU podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and share the episode. Let's share God's love together. For podcast updates, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow Yay Podcast on Instagram. For reflections and art, follow the.yay.project on Instagram. Sending you lots of love and let's praise God together again next time.